0: your host Chad Stecker and I am the weathered man. I'm just a humbled man pleading to a broken world and yes I always have a lot to say but hopefully today is exactly what you need to hear. Psalm 144 verses 1 and 2 says this, blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. He is my steadfast love and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield And he in whom I take refuge, who subdues peoples under me. This has always been a scripture that I've loved to read and quote for some reason. And, And I guess it was because of this amazing merging of brute force and psychological reasoning at the same time. It's just amazing. It is obvious of what hands can do, right? The power and damage that hands can inflict when used for that purpose but it was the understanding of the differences between a battle and war in the context of fingers and hands that really intrigued me. In 2018, I, I suffered a gunshot wound. I've talked about it a few times, and I, I will continue to do so because it's part of my healing process. And in that that accident, that, that gunshot wound it, to my left hand would help embark me on a journey that, Would be like none before i ultimately would lose my left ring finger among other things concerning that hand and i remember laying in the hospital bed the very the 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 night it actually happened god woke me up and brought me to this verse as i read it i began seeing this verse in a deeper way than ever before you see although my hand was injured and was causing my entire body pain my greatest struggle within was not concerning my injury. It was concerning what others would think and say about me in that injury. I knew I would be going through a series of surgeries and would suffer on this new journey in a way that i had never experienced before. God would tell my heart that although the injury was to my hand, all I had lost really was a single battle. In the months that would follow god would prove himself right once again although my hand would be wounded i would only lose a single finger to this day when i look at my hand it remains an amazing reminder of god's grace and mercy even in my battles lost but god but god huh but god took me a a little further in that chapter of psalms versus to verses seven and eight, and by doing so would calm my anxiety in that hospital bed concerning this issue. A fear of what others were saying would be diminished, not entirely, but extensively. Verses seven and eight say this, stretch out your hand from on high, rescue me and deliver me from the many waters, from the hand of foreigners. And here you go. Whose mouths speak lies and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Bam. Adding verses 7 and 8 to bring context to verses 1 and 2 changed everything. For David was not looking at his hands and his fingers as carnal weapons, but rather supernatural ones. God was literally answering my greatest fear in the moment with his greatness of understanding for a lifetime. I might be physically shot up, but simultaneously God was raising me up as a warrior in the spirit to fight like never before and to learn lessons that others refuse to learn. I would have a decision to make before leaving the hospital and coming home to my new reality. I could leave battle tested or war weary. More to come on these terms in a little bit. But first, I want to read the portion of the poem drama that this episode is referring to. Drama doesn't just follow a spirit man, but it goes after the warrior in God's hands. The warrior in question must look ahead for the traps that are laid down to confuse and then ensnare with muted facts, attacking the sound judgment that should never sleep in a willingness to keep the promises made. Okay, let's look at the word drama and define it the same. It is an exciting, emotional, or unexpected series of events or set of circumstances. So it's essential for me to proclaim, the church has been deceived away from the exciting, emotional, and unexpected and convinced that the antonyms should no longer be phantoms in the lives of the believer. In every other aspect of life, we live for the exciting, emotional, and unexpected, but now in the church we have been infected with a disease that we must only serve the established. We are no longer battle tested warriors, but now domesticated lions just lying around becoming breathing cadavers. <laughs> There's a lot to take in there. I mean, really? We are no longer battle-tested warriors, but now domesticated lions just lying around becoming breathing cadavers? Let me break this down for you, and let me begin by breaking it down with Tanya and I. My wife Tanya and I have gone through much in our 17-year marriage. We have dealt with disorders and with disease. We have worked through sin and separation. We have forged a path through loss and betrayal. Tanya? (laughs) Man, Tanny has persevered through me cutting my wrist in psychological agony and endured an accidental gunfire that almost took my life in front of her, our kids, and my parents. She has comforted me through depression and endured my manic tendencies. I have stayed strong as well. I have stayed strong in her struggles and loved her through her doubting herself and purpose. And there's so much more, but I believe you get the point here. We've stuck it out together. We've stayed strong and we've grown through the years. Not afraid of the battles ahead and not embarrassed because of the battles of the past. Recently, we were talking and she, she asked me this deep question. She asked me, what was it that kept us from divorcing and giving up on a marriage that many doomed and thought would never make it? For once, I didn't have an answer right away. I know, well, let me say this, I now know, I could have said the Christian answer and said Jesus, right? But I knew that a deep question required a deep answer, and Tanya wouldn't accept the simple Christianese answer. And yes, that answer must come through the heart of Christ, but yet must be deeper than just a simple word. I pondered and I prayed, and this episode is my answer. There has been a war waged on not just our very souls individually, but also in every single relationship we have with those of like faith, especially with those that is a spouse. We have two choices though. We can either come through battle as battle tested warriors or war wearied soldiers, very simple. So to be battle tested, is to be shown to be reliable and effective by being used in war, also having experienced and been toughened by battle. You cannot be battle-tested without facing any battles. So in this culture of trying to prevent any sort of pain, any sort of, um, any sort of struggle, any sort of uh, disagreement, what we've done is prevented the very battles that actually trained us and taught us throughout our lifetime. To be war wearied is to be utterly exhausted. Listen, it is to be utterly exhausted and dejected by war, especially after a prolonged conflict. (laughs) Of an airplane or other, other machines used in war, it is explained this way To be war wearied is to be damaged beyond use, except as scrap or as a source of salvageable spare parts. Man, I don't want to come through a battle or I don't want to come through a war and be of no use except for some of me. I want I want to come through reliable and effective because of being used in war, because of being trusted. I also want to uh, be toughened by battle. I don't want my heart to be hardened, but I want my soul, myself, my, my being to be toughened for the glory of God through my heart's softening of the glory of God. I hope that makes sense. Too many of us come out utterly exhausted and dejected, thus being only available to be used as a scrap in the spirit or only salvageable parts, like there's only a piece of me that can be used. I don't want that. Every relationship, season, battle and situation we have, we have a choice to either come through battle tested or war wearied. It may seem that people like me go through more battles than others i don't know maybe that is maybe that's the case y'all all right but one thing i do know is the number of battles and the depth of those very battles always lead us to the most important part of the battle now a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this one and it's okay the most important part concerning the entire battle is the aftermath. We must look and study how others handle not only success, but also defeat within the battle. There are times God is not using the battle itself as a lesson or even as a test, but he's allowing the battle because of the aftermath. It's within the aftermath and how you handle the outcome and how you come through the battle can be both the lesson and the test at the same time. It can be the very thing that God was focused on at the very beginning. Why Tanny and I have made it 17 years when many would have folded, and to be quite honestly, it saddens my heart when many others have folded, is this very thing. We allowed every battle within the war to refine and teach us. We walk as battle tested warriors. And battle wounds are inevitable in war, y'all. I'm not saying we were never wounded. (laughs) I've wounded her more times than I can count, and my heart aches about it. Battle wounds are inevitable in war. It's not a matter of if, but rather of when. A war-wearied soldier focuses on his wounds and how not to get wounded again, while the battle-tested warrior is focused on the mission and how to find victory at all costs. Wounds are medals y'all, they are medals engraved on a body that we must wear with pride, knowing that we engaged in a battle others ran away from. My nine fingers that I now have represent more victories than defeats. I didn't lose a finger. I gained experience. Same in my marriage, all our 17 years worth of wounds don't represent our failures. Every wound represents the victory of learning from what the battle of life taught us and our victories that followed. The difference between Tanya and I and other marriages that were looked at from a more positive perspective but failed to stay intact, it's this, one or both of the couple within that couple became more wearied and simply gave up because the wounds became more important than the commitment they made. Let me point out one major overlooked truth in this as well. There are many couples out there that refuse to divorce, but are yet unhealthy war wounded soldiers at the same time. They're not still together because they actually have a strong and healthy relationship. No, it's actually because they know nothing else and are cowards on both sides of the battle. I know I just use the coward word that so many people and leaders consider a deal breaker. So here's my answer. Stop being cowards and I'll stop calling you one. I've been called a coward three times in my life, or three times that I can remember. But I was raised to always look within, even if I didn't like the person or give the person permission to speak into my life like that. I found when praying through being called a coward those three times, two of the three times the people were correct, actually, and I was able to redirect and grow through it. I learned a lot the other time i learned a lot as well the person was wrong and eventually apologized but it forced me to look within myself and look and ask ask god if what was going on in my life that would even give them the perception that i was being cowardly and god also taught me a lot so i legitimately believe that a marriage staying intact in the natural but having no relevance within a healthy relationship can only happen when cowards are present So I've said that, let's move on now. Now, this seems all good and easy to do, right? Let's be battle-tested and not war-wearied, but I know what some of you are thinking. What are some simple ways for us to recognize and accomplish the task of becoming battle-tested and not war-wearied? I'm going to give you three today. Three words right off the bat. Integrity, discipline, and will. (laughs) What were you expecting? Love, grace, and mercy? Not today, Junior. We've got further depth to go. I'm not going away and doing away with love, grace, and mercy, but I'm going to be building upon them. If the 21st century Christian is lacking anything and the churches they are attending are ignoring, it is not the love, grace, and mercy speech, y'all. It is the integrity, discipline, and will to fight a supernatural war not of this earth. It's time for the warrior to grow a pair, basically and fight like no other time in history. It's time to do away with the kumbaya hippie religion that is weakening the Christian to becoming so passive that the cause of Christ is now diminished to a Sunday morning love fest with no substance. We have pastors more worried about their attire and hairstyles trying to fit into those skinny jeans and rock out with a crowd that they are literally leading an entire generation to a fake wussified Jesus. Seriously. How do some of these leaders even talk about going to war from their pulpits when they run from every battle as wounded victims themselves? So here's your first step. Integrity. Integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles, moral uprightness, or the state of being whole and undivided. Actor William Christopher is best known for playing the Catholic priest Father Malkahi in the acclaimed 1970s TV show MASH. Way before my day, but this is a great story. Bear with me. The show was set in a mobile army hospital during the Korean War, and I heard about the story behind one of the most talked-about storylines in the series, and it blew me away. The episode was written by Jim Strain. In this episode, Father Malkahee, I hope I'm saying that right, malcahi There you go. I probably said it right now. Father Mulcahy becomes attracted to one of the nurses in the unit. The feeling is mutual and the father is sorely tempted to break his vow of chastity. The episode is about the struggle within the father to decide what to do. I should say the priest because we're not talking about Abba Father. So in the end, he keeps his religious vows though and stays true to his promise to God. Strain had a difficult time selling this episode that he wrote. The creators of the show loved the drama created by Father Malcahi's internal struggle, but they hated the ending. They asked him to change it to make it more realistic. Really? He asked them what would make it more realistic, and they responded, he goes for the nurse you. He disavows for the priesthood. Don't you understand what people want, they asked him. Strain refused to change the script and the show finally relented and purchased it as it was written. Come on. Integrity, y'all. A warrior keeps the vows and promises made at all costs. Too many Christians bow out when times get tough. Too many politicians, pastors, or other leaders sell out because of earthly ambitions. You know, that health, wealth, and happiness, power, money, and social media buzz has changed the direction of many warriors from ever reaching the purpose God created them to achieve. For Tani and I, one of the worst curse words out there is the D word, divorce. And it's a curse word because of integrity. We will not sway and we will not relent father Malcahi would not sway and he would not relent while refusing to ignore what was naturally going on in his flesh what a powerful episode what a powerful understanding of a man's integrity well the integrity of the church and its leaders and ministry leaders and cultural leaders Please stand up. Come on. Integrity needs to arise within the believer himself as he arises for the glory of God. It is time for us not to sway. It is time for us not to relent. Your second step to becoming battle-tested is discipline. President George Washington once said, Discipline is the soul of an army. It makes small numbers formidable, procures success to the weak, and esteem to all. Discipline is the practice of training people to obey rules or a code of behavior using punishment to correct disobedience. Okay, 21st century Christians are so afraid to lose followers today that they would rather ignore wrong disciplines to acquire earthly satisfaction. We only accept blessing while disregarding the rebuke. Let me explain. A blessing can come from anybody. It doesn't even matter if you're the leader. If someone wants to come up and say, God has given me something to say to you, it's a blessing for you, they accept it every time. But the rebuke is only accepted by the chosen, meaning those above them. And even then, it's a little wishy-washy. A blessing can come from anyone, but the rebuke is only accepted by the chosen. So what a crock of crap that is, y'all. I'm sorry. I remember, let me give you an example from my life. I remember a recent conversation with somebody I discipled. We were talking and all of a sudden he paused to ponder and I could see his, I could see his heart and his mind just linking up and, and there's this internal struggle within. And he began to get a little nervous and asked if he could give me something God had told him to tell me. And he goes, but you might not like it. I said, well, shoot, give it to me. For the next five minutes, he gave me a word from the Lord that wasn't flattering to me to say the least. When he finished, he sat back and waited for me to answer with an eager anticipation concerning my response. I began to tear up though, and I told him he was spot on. I can still see the relief on his face as I told him that. (laughs) Y'all, we as leaders, or just we as Christians... Got to stop determining who God is allowed to speak to us supernaturally through. Because we only want to see God moving in the order of our natural positions, so we base who has permission to give us a word based off of earthly positions we choose to see. There is a discipline, though, an amazing discipline that occurs within the battle-tested warrior that is not afraid of punishment or not afraid of a rebuke, no matter what direction it comes from but an also an understanding of the true correction of God that propels codes of godly conduct and proper training for battles ahead. When we talk about punishment, we are not talking about abuse. God is not using abuse or abuse to give us discipline. We're not abusing our bodies. We're not abusing our minds. We're not abusing our souls. But through... Discipline and punishment. We are now being redirected in an area of our lives that was getting off. It is time for us to see and use the discipline of God in our daily lives. We will discipline our daily lives in such a way that we are unshakable, unmovable, which leads us to the third word. The third and final step to becoming battle-tested is will. Not just merely understanding God's will, but finding and using your will to God's advantage. The definition of will is expressing the future tense, expressing inevitable events, expressing a request. you seeing the trend here? Expressing facts about ability or capacity, expressing habitual behavior, or expressing probability or expectation about something in the present there's a lot of expressing going on. See, the first two steps were more inward focused. The third is outward. To express means to convey a thought or feeling in words or by gestures and conduct. Or to literally squeeze out liquid or air. To be squeezed, y'all. See, Your will is now not just being squeezed by God, but you are literally squeezing God's will and your will out for this world. This is where the warrior is squeezed. And when squeezed, might not be comfortable, but when squeezed, what comes out of him is what is important. But it is the warrior also squeezing everything he can from the battle itself. General and President Dwight David, we call him Ike Eisenhower, once said, We succeed only as we identify in life or in war or in anything else, a single overriding objective, and then make all other considerations bend to that one objective. The warriors will be merged within the will of God and will stop at nothing to bend everything to the mission, the single objective given by God. Too many leaders and Christians have become waves tossed by the winds of culture Literally giving in to what culture wants instead of bending culture to what God has willed. True will gets rooted deep and it will be damned if you move it. Don't even try. With all certainty and all honesty, my greatest regrets are allowing others or culture to uproot what the will of God has planted in me. How cowardly I was when I was allowing those times to happen. But here's the thing, y'all. I no longer care what you or culture thinks because when my will is rooted in what what God's will is planted I'm no longer going to budge and if you try you're going to get hurt the will of an appointed man merged with an appointed time is literally a weapon the enemy does not want to come in contact with so come and get some what I have received through this understanding is what God wants to give you through the same very understanding that integrity, discipline, and will, merged with the love, grace, and mercy of God, become something that is an unstoppable force in a culture and in a world that has no understanding of the glory of God Himself. The only question remaining is now, will you become a battle-tested warrior or succumb to becoming a war-wearied soldier? In the inevitable battles coming to a home near you, will you not only choose to stay strong and fight, but will you learn within the battle itself the lesson God is teaching? Will you come through as a battle-tested warrior fighting off war weariness? Will you trust that God has created you with purpose and trained your hands for war and your fingers for battle, no matter what others say and falsely determine concerning you and your family? If you can reach out and grab a hold of this concept, it will change everything as you move ahead in the battles to come within the war that has been waged on your very soul the day you entered this earth. Because it's, it's time for integrity, discipline, and will to be reintroduced into the body of Christ. As, jo- as, as the Lord told Joshua, Joshua, I tell the warriors now, has God not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Thank you so much for listening today. I know I usually end on talking about different people and stuff, but I feel like today just needs to be. As the Lord told Joshua one more time, I tell the warriors now, has God not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Remember, in a world of groupthink, you can watch me, mock me, block me, or join me. But you can't silence me. And until next time, stay weathered, my friends.